Today, we're going to talk about the band's Third Eye Blind and the Gaslight Anthem. We'll discuss the ins and outs of Third Eye Blind's debut album and the 59 Sound and offer our mixed riff listeners a glimpse of what shaped Alexander and I as young adults. Be sure to listen all the way through for all the fun details. Welcome to the Mixed Drift. I am your host, Alexander with Dick, and brought to you by Shoulder Cats Radio, a friendly podcast network. Let's listen, laugh, and learn music appreciation together if our greatest album still holds up. Grab your device and headphones and crank it up to 11. Think, feel, the Mixed Drift. Oh, I, I don't know if I could be more excited. I am a massive fan of both of these albums, and I can't wait to talk about them. Let's begin with the episode with uh, our liner notes. So American rock band Third Eye Blind came out with their debut album with Electra Records on April 8th, 1997. Uh, the band blends post-grunge, pop, pop, power pop, and alternative rock. Um, in San Francisco at Skywalker Ranch Toast Studio, Studios and HOS, the band recorded their first debut album. The self-titled album was lyrically written together by lead singer Stephen Jenkins and lead guitarist Kevin Cudigan. Other band members are the bass guitar player Aaron uh, Zalazar and drummer Brad Hargraves. Other band's experiences have been signed to a major label. Um, this album also talks about drug addiction, suicide, prevention... Uh, relationships with other keynotes to the overall debut album theme. Um, Losing a Whole Year, Semi Charm Life, uh, Jumper, Graduate, and How's It Going to Be were the five singles off of Third Eye Blind's album. Um, Dick, what liner notes do you have for the 59 sound? Oh, yeah, the 59 sound. Uh, it's by a band called The Gaslight Anthem, a band I've loved for a long time. They're kind of folk, punk, kind of a heartland American rock band. Uh, they released this album. It's their second album uh, on August 19th, 2008. Uh, the record label was Side One Dummy. Uh, band members are lead vocalist, guitarist Brian Fallon. Uh, guitar and backing vocals, Alex Rosamalia. Uh, bass guitar and backing vocals, Alex Levine, and drummer and percussionist, Benny Horowitz. Um, I didn't know this. The song, the 59 sound, uh, you know, the named after, you know, the album name, uh, they have a, uh, the song there, uh, ranked 62 on Rolling Stone's list of the 100 best songs of 2008. Very nice. Also, the album, 59 sound, ranked 47th um, on that year's list by NME. Yeah, um, so fans, let us know. Did you know that the 59 sound was rated that well? It's pretty cool stuff. Now, Dick, it's time for the feels. Tell me, Dick, what emotions does Third Eye Blind's debut album evoke? Well, you know, listening to it this time. Now, of course, the feelings I had when I listened to it in the mid or I guess late nineties is very different than listening to it now in my mid thirties. Um, I think the overall kind of emotion I felt listening to this was powerlessness. Uh, you really feel that in, uh, kind of earlier in the album with narcolepsy, uh, and then also kind of fighting that powerlessness, right. Uh, which inevitably leads to burnout, right. You hear that in burning man, um, you know, fighting to stay in a relationship, 
right? You hear that in Good For You and London. And it also mixes some partying in with that, which kind of leads to, you know, maybe not the best consequences. Um, the album ends with uh, Gods of Wine. And you're left at the end of this album with this sense of like confusion, depression, regret, right? You don't really end on a great, great note um, with this album. Uh, and I think uh, one of my favorite lyrics was from Motorcycle Drive-By uh, when he says, I've never been so alone and I've never been so alive. And it's that conflicting impulse, right, of loss, powerlessness, but also fighting to just be okay. Yeah, um, I, I guess to share the emotions that this album evokes for myself, um, even as an adult, it, it brings excitement, joy, sadness, like there, there are just times where I'm just so pumped up, you know, feeling like a young teenager. I just need to tip a trash can over. Yeah, it's a shame I didn't listen to this more in my, uh, you know, the aughts, right? When I was in college, um, <laughs> it would have spoken to me in a very different way, like I said, than in the late 90s. So I'm glad I revisited it now. Yeah. Um, so let's now jump into the, the Gaslight um, Anthem. Uh, what connections can you make between... Gaslight Anthems, the 59 sound to your own experience. Well, I think that's why I picked this album. It spoke to me so much. It's 2008 when this was released. I was heartbroken. And there's just, this whole album is just riddled with failed relationships, right? It just spoke to me so much. Great expectations. Um, the love lost you find in film noir. Um, there's even this like borderline suicide note that he left to three of his exes and here's looking at you kid. Right. So you have just this, Oh my God, love will never work. But then also like this kind of narrative, this detailed scene of, of like the punk scene. Um, you know, you see that in the 59 sound and especially in high and lonesome, um, in that description of even drug use during that time. Um, it reminds me of going to Chapel Hill. I'm from North Carolina, um, going to Cat's Cradle. And I actually saw the Gaslight Anthem at the local 506. Um, and it was amazing. It was definitely a, a rock and punk show and solidified my fandom uh, for, for them. Um, I, think, I think the best lyric that describes kind of what this spoke to me, you know, this one always comes to mind is, you know, you know the summer always brought it that wild and reckless breeze. Uh, from the back seat, and it's just like it gets me every time, man. Oh, I love that! I love that. And uh, for our listeners and fans out there um, on social media world out there, uh, please tell us how do these two albums make you feel? And with that being said, stay tuned with the mouthpiece and you woke with Dick and I on the album Third Eye Blind in the 59 sound here after the break. Welcome to the mixed riff. Brought to you by Shoulder Cats Radio, a friendly podcast network. Subscribe now in your favorite app on Apple, Google, Stitcher Podcast, so that you want you don't miss any of the episodes. You know we have a lot coming up in October. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at The Mixed Riff, and visit Shoulder Cats Radio for more information about the show. This season is going to be amazing. Let's sound off with the mouthpiece. All right, Dick, I have another question for you. What message or meaning do you think graduate conveys? Uh, growing up, right? Going to that next phase um, in your life. 
you know, when he says, uh, you know, can I look into the faces that I meet? Can I get my punk ass off the street? Right. Can I, can I lift myself into that next, uh, level, that next step or stage in, in one's life? Um, I'm sure this was played, uh, during many days of graduation ceremony. I mean, you know, like, uh, people listening to this afterwards, um, when he's saying, can I graduate? It's almost like he's not asking a question, right? That propulsive kind of music makes you think this is just a rhetorical question. They're going to move forward. This album is the answer to that question. They have moved forward. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're really mindful of their legacy also in this song. Um, you know, do you live the days you go through? Will this song live on uh, long after we do, right? They're already thinking not only about where they came from, but okay, what are we going to do now that we have graduated, right? Are we going to make an impact? And I think we're talking about this in 2021. It has. I, I have to say, I definitely misunderstood the song when I was a young adult because I did take this song literal where I, you know, really did think, am I going to graduate, you know, <laughs> um, both high school and, you know, and university as well. Um, <laughs> Um, and i I guess in a way like lyrically the song does kind of play on that but you're right it is more on the adult or the next stages of adult life though so now let's jump to what message or meaning do you think old white lincoln conveys because this is another song that you know i listened to it multiple times and i'm still not 100 percent sure this song initially when i heard it you know, high top sneakers and sailor tattoos. Um, this is like kind of a, a wild child, you know, someone that I can't tell if it's a friend. I think it is maybe a romantic interest. Um, but she's, you know, on the punk scene. Um, he is probably infatuated with this person. The thing I didn't realize until listening to it very closely this time, um, I think she dies. And I didn't really catch on that, you know, the, the chorus ends with while you, you know, kept coming apart. Um, I thought, oh, that just means maybe she's doing drugs or something at the end of the night. She kind of fades out. Um, but then later on, you get this this lyric that, you know, bring bring a dollar with you, baby, in the cold, cold ground. And I'm like, well, I think I initially, you know, thought that was like a jukebox, right? Bring a, a dollar with you. Right. But I think the other reference, I was like, let me see if, let me dig a little deeper. What does this mean? Cold ground, she's dead. Um, and I found this thing called Charon's Obel, which is like this thing where they put a coin uh, in, in a dead person's you know mouth before burial. And they're supposed to give this kind of as a bribe to this guy, Charon, uh, who was the ferryman, uh, who kind of led you from the world of the living to the world of the dead. And I was like, I think, man, that's a really cool interpretation. Like, I think this is a wild girl that burnt out, um, you know, on on the scene. Um, So I, 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 who only Brian Fallon, let me know if that's right. Let us know what, what do you, what meanings or messages do you think old white Lincoln and graduate mean to you? Um, with that being said, it's time for Wake Up. Are you woke? Oh, am I? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we we actually need to kind of dial this back a little bit because we're going to talk about uh, Jumper, uh, which is arguably one of Third Eye Blind's more famous and maybe even most important song on this album. Uh, and we need to acknowledge the importance and the cultural context of Third Eye Blind's song Jumper. 
to the best of my knowledge, uh, the band heard a story from their manager about a gay child who ended their life. And sadly, the child jumped off a bridge because of viciously being bullied. Um, In response, the band composed this song on the social-emotional struggle of suicide. Yeah, I mean, I think this song definitely became an anthem for mental health and all the various subtopics, sub, you know, things uh, that are related to that. Like even at a young age, when I heard this, I knew the topic, right? Like it's just instantly, it connects with you instantly. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, the more you hear this song, the more it's really just a wider song, just about kind of empathy and moving forward, right? When he's like, everyone's got to face down the demons. Maybe today we can put the past away. Like, that's my rallying cry, man. Like, you got to put the past away. You got to live in that moment. Um, so, so yeah, it's definitely become an anthem. Uh, I think it's a wonderful anthem for, you know, suicide prevention and and being more aware of of, of mental health. Um, but you can see it in a broader context too. Equally an important song from the 59 sound and it's the self-titled song itself. The, the, the creation of the 59 sound is definitely on the theme of death. Um, Brian Fallon, the lead singer of Gaslight Anthem, you know, starts the song lyrically in first person with the line, well, I wonder which song they're going to play when we go. I hope it's something quiet, minor, and peaceful and slow. Love that line. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And in addition to this song's theme, he also references Charles Dickens, um, a Christmas carol character, Marley's Ghost. And interestingly, if you listen carefully to uh, the 59 sound, you can actually hear the Foley sound effect of metal chains dragging on the ground during the song. Which, which, by the way, I've heard this song a million times, and I didn't realize that until you pointed that out. And I don't know where that disconnect was at. I heard the chains. <laughs> I knew about Marley's chains. <laughs> never connected the two. So I appreciate that, Alexander. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think more importantly, though, uh, the 59 Sound song is about Brian Fallon's friend who lost his life in a car accident. Um, this is, of course, according to an interview with the Alternative Press Music Magazine. Um, as great as the verses and the courses are, it's the bridge of this song that really tells the sadder truth and the context. And th- and this is the part of the song where it, it kind of all came together and I realized, okay, this is not just a song about death, but he's actually referring to the society as a whole. Um, Young boys ain't supposed to die on a Saturday night, and young girls ain't supposed to die on a Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, that I love that part of, you know, the bridge. You know, there's almost this disbelief, this denial of what's happening. Uh, there's the lyric there, uh, you know, did you hear your favorite song one last time? It almost has this, it kills me hearing that. It's this, like, innocent, almost childlike question you know, you would ask, there's this loss of innocence through the death of a friend, right? Um, it's, it's wonderful. It's time to begin the pompous thought segment of the show. <laughs> How is it going to be? 
<laughs> you tell me, Alexander. <laughs> this song performs with multiple great moments of expressions of aesthetic judgment. It lyrically brings the reminiscence and the hopeless-like feeling. And what what's really cool about the song is the acoustic guitar is just strumming kind of an easy listening foundation that will eventually grow as it progresses throughout the song and just becomes massive. Um, at the same time, I think what really separates this song and what makes it really ghostly-like feeling is the snare drum where it just emphasizes loneliness with all of this reverb um, at the same time with just, with just a perfect amount of sustain where, again, it gives that ghost-like feeling. Again, perhaps my favorite part, though, of this song is, is just the journey that it takes the listeners on. Um, and when I mean by that journey, I'm talking like dynamically. It's not just, you know, quiet, you know, ballad-like moment. You know, towards the middle end, you have Stephen Jenkins, the lead singer, yelling the bridge and the coda. And the band is now punching power chords on their distorted guitars. The drummer is loudly crashing the open i-hat, you know. And, and the song just eventually kind of calms down a little bit and strangely and unpredictably ends with like this haunting guitar amp feedback. Yeah. I, that's, that's a perfect encapsulation on, on what's going on in that song. I mean, to just add a little bit of a little spice to uh, what you just said, um, you know, that ghostly kind of sound, you were talking about the reverb, the thing that I think it's like an auto harp that they're playing at the beginning of this which is just an instrument I'm not familiar with. I'm not used to hearing a lot in pop songs. So it, ha- it has that ghostly quality. And then that looping kind of guitar lead. Right? Um, <laughs> That's pretty It's good. just like, it's, al- it's almost like it can't get out of his head, right? It's just looping over and over again. And so what I think this song is, is just like pa- passive aggressiveness that just boils over, right? Two thirds of the way through the song, he just explodes, right? And he finally takes that that soft dive into oblivion, right? Right into that last like furious chorus. Um, so that's what I thought, you know, was wonderful about him matching up the lyrics with with the musicality of, of the song. So let's talk about Great Expectations. Um, this This is a solid song and it's, you know, the Gaslight Anthem does an exceptionally great job capturing you in the beginning of this album with this Bruce Springsteen-influenced storytelling lyrics with great expectations. You know, the, the first verse in the into the song immediately tells you a story about a strong woman breaking a man's heart, sprinkled uh, with some literature and blues references as well. And this up-tempo drumming song kind of continues with what feels like an uplifting song along, sing-along, excuse me, chorus into, well, a, a struggling marriage. Oh, yeah. I mean, this album explodes with this song, right? Starts out with a little da-da-da-da-da-da, right? And just boom, it's, it's there. Um, and it thumps, it drives. Um, and it's almost like Brian's in this manic state. He's yelling so much in this song about his failed uh, relationship. I, I'm not necessarily sure about, you know, at this time in 2008. Um, I know he explores kind of this theme 
a lot deeper and further uh, in 2014 with Get Hurt when he had a actual divorce. Um, but like, you know, this one is just, I mean, it's wonderful. I, the, the lyric that I didn't realize, so it's, uh, you know, I saw taillights last night in a dream about my first wife, and then he changes it to whole life, you know, when he repeats himself. Um, I didn't ever realize like he's, that's, that's someone leaving him, right? I saw just my whole life, this, it's almost like a dream of this person leaving me. It's just a beautiful piece of imagery. Um, I love it. And, and I do like how the music gets a little quieter when he's like, we were waiting for something to happen because the whole song's manic. And then it gets a little quieter and he's talking about waiting and the patience never has a release, right? It doesn't have a payoff. It goes right back into this, you know, the tail lives, uh, tail lights, whole life kind of thing. You know, have you listened to this album or Third Eye Blind? And was there something that you didn't really catch, you know, the first or second or 10th? time around. I'd love to know about that. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, let us know and uh, we want you to stay tuned and for beat to your own drum. Too hot, too cold, or just right. With Alexander and I on the album's uh, Third Eye Blind and the 59 Sound. The Mixed Rift is sponsored by Shoulder Cats Radio. Shoulder Cats Radio is a company that values friendship as well as their relevance to our listeners. Well, reflecting on semi-charmed life and how it affected listeners and even the band's intentions is kind of a bit funny. There was definitely a time in the 90s and early 2000s where you would hear this song at the public swimming pool, bars, parties, the car radio. Dick, there was just nothing better than just having your parents and you singing along, you know, the four right chord song together. My favorite part of this song is um, is actually the bridge. Um, Jenkins uh, literally implants like this picture of a plane coming in and crashing. And this, of course, is referring to the woman coming down from her drug high. And then just moments later continues with a very naughty religious sexual lyric. But it has that crystal clean sheen, right? It just sounds so happy. I think that's the whole point is that it sounds, you know, do, 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 right? I mean, it's just, you can't stop listening to it, and, 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 but you don't really listen to it. I mean, he literally says, doing crystal meth in this song. He says those words. Uh, but I think only peop- the only thing people remember is, you know, I believe the sand between my toes, right? That you see that in a million inspirational memes, you know, online. Um, but no. <laughs> Let's talk about the 59 album. And uh, so this is a question I have directly to you because, again, this is your album. What ways would you change the 59 sound to improve it? Uh, I mean, I love this album. Maybe about as much as I love any album. I think start to finish, it's it's incredible. Um, and I think one of the good parts of it is, you know, there's so many cultural and, and just pop culture, you know, references. Uh, you got Southern Accents by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. You got Marilyn Monroe's Hips, uh, Bruce Springsteen's I'm on Fire, Wilson Pickett's Mustang Sally. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, which I think is great. I think that's a part of his narrative. I think that's what he loves. Uh, but I don't know, you know, like, um, here's looking at you, kid. You know, when I heard that even for the first time, I was like, geez, Brian, that's, it's a little on the nose. Man. <laughs> like, I know, 
I know what you're doing, and I like it, but you got to pick references that are at least, I don't know, somewhat less obscure or at least earn the right to say, like, one of the most famous lines from one of the most famous movies. I don't know. It just, it, it gets a little cheese ball. But I mean, I think once again, that's part of the appeal. It, he's, he's mentioning these references and, and, um, I, you can tell that he, he loves pop, pop culture himself. It, 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 it's kind of mm. shaped his life. Yeah. And for our fans and listeners out there, um, my, my first question to you is, did you sing about math and sexual acts with your parents? And then that's, that's, that's what we're going to ask. <laughs> Well, you know, of course, you know, referencing Simi Charn life, you know, like for the 59 album. uh, Let us know. How would you change it as a listener? The time has come. Is it too hot, too cold or just right? So, Alexander, can you explain this to the uh, the listeners there, what this means? Uh, You know, if something's too hot, if something's too cold, I I think they know what the just right part means. Some albums that we are going to analyze that are on the Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Albums, and some of them are ranked highly and maybe perhaps too high, which would make it too hot. And, of course, there are moments where albums could be ranked a little bit low and they could be too cold, and perhaps they're actually better than what they really represent. Now, Third Eye Blind, for our listeners, um, this album is not on the Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Um, but I, but again, Dick, I want to hear your opinion. Is this album too hot, too cold, or just right? I mean, I, I think when you talk with people of our age, you know, this is a culturally important album. Um, so I think its reputation is very good, you know? And I, and I return to this album every once in a while. Like, losing a whole year, that, that just kicks me into a next gear if I need to go somewhere and do something, right? I love it. Um, I but, but if you're talking critically, if you're talking about like a, a, a list of the greatest albums, I think it's a shame that this isn't listed more often on things. Um, you know, uh, I 100% think something like this album should be on that list. Maybe not really high up there. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go that far, but it, it definitely has a place on a list like that. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. And I, I, of course, I'm being biased because I picked this album for this episode. Uh, but I could probably make a strong objective case of why Third Eye Blind's debut album should and could be on the Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. It, it's a shame it's not on there, honestly. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe in the future, you know, we get old enough We'll start writing, you know, contributing to these lists and uh, maybe it'll creep its way on up there. For the last album, the uh, Gaslight Anthems, the 59 sound. So let us know, um, Dick, is, is this one also too cold or just right? I, I, I'm insanely biased, insanely biased. I guess for that previous one, I should have said it's too cold, right? But like, uh, you know, just like blatantly stated it's too cold. I kind of explained all the stuff except what you were asking me, but... Um, for this album, 59 Sound, I'm, I'm insanely biased. I think it's insanely cold. I wish more people knew about this band. I wish more people knew about this album. Um, it's, it's really unfortunate. Um, 
you know, if you're talking about, you know, people like the killers uh, and, and Springsteen just did some stuff with them. Um, you know, I, I know that Springsteen played with the Gaslight Anthem a year or two after this came out at some festivals. So he was a fan, you know, Jersey guys, you know, liking each other. Um, I, I just think it's a shame. I think it's a shame. This should be a classic album from that time period. And, uh, and, and, and so I think it's really, really cold. Now, should it be on a top 500 of all time list? I don't, I don't know. That's, it's on my top whatever list, but on, on an objective list in a magazine, I don't know. This is an important album that for anyone that enjoys rock and roll, you should listen to this album. Th- this is genuinely a good album. And, and, and you're right. It does have that killer's ask like vibe and again you do hear the bruce springsteen lyrical writing as well and i and i think those two elements alone is what really makes this album as great as it is if i was to put it on the rolling stones 500 greatest list you know it it would probably be on the back end but this is a very good album yeah. I mean, it didn't break any ground. You know, you're talking about it's just it's just amazing to me. I think I listened to it, as I mentioned previously, in 2008, at the exact right time, a person of my age and, and what has happened in my life. I listened to this just perfectly. And so whenever I pop this on, I, I transport back mm. in time to that to that moment. And it's just a quick little time travel experience, which is mostly OK. Yeah, and for our fans and listeners out there, you know, let us know, is Third Eye Blind's self-debut album and the Gaslight Anthem's 59 sound, are they too cold or just right? You know, could they be on the Rolling Stones' 500 greatest albums of all time? And uh, with that being said, next time, who is the next album we'll listen and analyze next? Talking Heads Remain in Light! Oh, what an album. Oh, I'm excited again. This has been The Mixed Rip. I'm Dick, and I want to really thank you for listening. Um, You know, we're Shoulder Cats Radio. Uh, It makes podcasting dreams come true. You can find all of us at ShoulderCatsRadio.com. If you have feedback on today's episode, good or not so good, tweet us at The Mixed Rip. We'd love to hear from you. We really would. So join us again next time. Remember to think, feel, the mixed drift. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.